Good morning to each one of you. We are happy to welcome you to the preaching service of the Scotts Fork Christian Church, Otis Clark Minister. And we hope and pray that as we share the scriptures and share our prayer, that uh, all of this will be a blessing and will help you in your daily walk with Christ. This morning we're going to talk about a subject, what do you want me to do for you? Probably with all that is happening, all that is going on in our world, that probably many times in our own way, uh, Jesus has looked at us and, and possibly has asked himself, why don't the people ask? And because, needless to say, I care for my children, I care for my people, and I want to help them and bless them. We know many of the great scriptures, cast all of your cares upon me because I care for you, and on and on we could go. But this morning I want us to read from the Gospel of Mark, and the main scriptures that we'll be talking about this morning are found in the 46 through 52 verses, but we want to read, first of all, in Mark 10, uh, 35 through 40. And uh, this is the account, uh, as all of us know, uh, about the request of James and John. Let's listen to the word of the Lord. Then James and John, the son of Zebedee, came to him, and teacher, they said, We want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. And they replied, Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left hand in glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. Now, if you will, let's start in just a moment, reading in the 46th verse through 52 in the same chapter. What do you want me to do for you? He asked James and John. Jesus asked this question to two different people. He got two completely different answers, and Jesus gave two completely different responses. In the scriptures reading that we just shared, how Jesus asked this question to James and John. And now I want us to read the words in the same chapter in verses 46 through 52. Let's listen. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man named Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. 
What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. We need to be careful what we ask for. I read one time about a woman who went to the doctor's office and where she was seen by one of the new young doctors at that practice. And the doctor asked what he could do for her, and she demanded an immediate cure. After about four minutes in the examination room, she burst out of the room screaming as she ran down the hall, and one of the older doctors stopped her and and asked her what the problem was, and she told him her story. After listening, he had her sit down and told her to go and relax in another room. The older doctor marched down the hallway to see the young doctor, and he found him, and he said, What's the matter with you? Mrs. Terry is 63 years old. She has four grown children and seven grandchildren, and you told her she was pregnant. The new doctor continued to write on his clipboard, and without looking up, he said, Does she still have the hiccups? Well, I guess uh, that proves that We need to be careful what we ask for. Apparently, the woman got the immediate cure she was originally looking for. What if Jesus were to ask you, what do you want me to do for you? Probably I'm safe in saying that with all the many things that's happening throughout the whole world, he knows that his children and not only his children, but many thousands and tens of thousands of people probably in their own way are asking uh, Jesus to do this and to do that. And one of the things, people, that we need to understand, this may sound simplistic, but uh, loneliness is one of the things that all people dread. And we need to understand that Jesus wants us to come to him with our heartaches, with our broken hearts, with our sicknesses, with our trials. And he says over and over again in his word, uh, Come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And on and on we could go. What would your answer be? Too often we treat questions like this too lightly. Maybe we think that our Lord... uh, doesn't really care, or maybe we don't realize how much that God cares about every one of us. Uh, He cares. He cares every one of you who are sharing this particular message. I want you to understand that you will never have anyone who will care more for you than Jesus Christ. In the book of Peter, it says, cast all your cares upon him. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. What do you want me to do for you? This particular question comes right from the Old Testament. In 1 Kings, the third chapter, in verse 5, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said to him, Ask, what shall I give you? We know the story. Solomon did not ask for riches. He didn't ask for the death of his enemies. 
nor even for a long life. He asks for wisdom and knowledge to rule over God's people. His answer pleased God. And as we read the scriptures about Solomon's life, and God gave him wisdom, gave him knowledge, along with riches, peace in the kingdom, and a long life. Now let's look briefly at these verses we read earlier. In Mark 10, 36 through 7, and the question is asked, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, we're speaking here now about James and John, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. I want you to know something here real quickly. James and John had no clue as to what they were asking for. Their eyes had been opened and they knew just and they knew just who Jesus was. They were in they were in tight with Jesus, and so it was natural to assume that Jesus would grant them their wish favorably. And in Mark ten thirty eight it says, But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Uh, are you and, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? In the story from our point here, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. In Jerusalem awaited a Roman cross. The cup Jesus was referring to was the cup of suffering. In God's economy, suffering and glory go together hand in hand. And the scripture does not tell us that the disciples uh, will in fact suffer just as Jesus suffered. But at this point in time, they were, there were stars in their eyes. And they were making a selfish and self-serving request to Jesus. Now let's look at Bar- uh, Bartimaeus in contrast. In verse 46, they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Now in verse, uh, uh, as we continue to look at that verse, Jesus and the crowd was traveling down Main Road, the Main Road, and Bartimaeus was just on the side of the road begging. And Mark has a way of writing with little indicators of change. And uh, we look at this, and, and we will see that in verse 47, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now let's notice a couple of things here real quickly. Bartimaeus may have been blind physically, but as we will see, he has some spiritual insight. Obviously, Jesus had a reputa- reputation that preceded him. Bartimaeus had heard about Jesus, but calls out to Jesus according to his title. Jesus, son of David, please have mercy on me. The title son of David is clearly a messianic title, one that was uh, well known in Jewish thought, That uh, title indicated the coming of the Messiah warrior king who would rid Israel of her enemies. And Bartimaeus has twisted that meaning as to now the son of David is one who can bring healing and wholeness. And to the crowd and many of the disciples, Jesus is way too important to stop his journey for a poor blind man. 
You notice as we read in the scriptures that they said to him, you know, in essence, don't bother him. And uh, they, they had trouble seeing that Jesus would have trouble for someone in the shape that Bartimaeus was in. And so in verse 48, it says, Then many warned him, like I said, to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Friends, as we all live our lives, I hope we have a desire that we would not prevent someone from coming to Christ. The Bible tells us it would be better that a millstone were put about our necks if we caused someone to stumble. As demonstrated many times before, Jesus had demonstrated compassion for the least of these. He made time for the children. He stopped to see the woman who had the issue with blood who touched him. He healed the lame, the blind, the leprous, and many various infirmities, including demon possession. Bartimaeus is not a speed bump in the road. He was the road. He is the reason that Jesus had come. And we look at verse 49, and it says, So Jesus stood still, still, and commanded him to be called. And then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. Now here is something I would really like for us to see, and that is this. Jesus does not want to do something for Bartimaeus. He wants to do something with Jesus. We know those words, he walks with me, and he talks with me. And that's the way we share in a relationship with Christ. Jesus did not go to Bartimaeus, but rather called Bartimaeus to him himself. The crowd even recognizes that being called by Jesus as very, very special. For Jesus to call even to the least of these is a reason, needless to say, to rejoice. The Bible tells us also, as we look in Mark 10, 50, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Only Mark records this little tidbit of information in this story. Throwing aside his garment means that Bartimaeus is throwing aside all that he has. His garment is what lays on the ground for people to toss their arms into. His garment is what kept him warm all night. For the poor blind beggar, his garment was everything, but nothing was going to stand between him and Christ. Then Jesus asked the question, which you would assume is the obvious, the answer is obvious. So Jesus said to him, what is it you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. Jesus may have asked the obvious, but to blind Bartimaeus, he, was, he has waited his entire life for this moment. And so he throws aside all that might have hindered him, all that held him down from coming to Jesus. And he called out Rabboni, and this is a more strengthened form of rabbi. Here Bartimaeus is in essence saying, my Lord, my master, my teacher. It has now become personal from the son of David, the Messiah that is to come to that one standing before him asking what he wants 
to be done for him. And he cries out, I want to see. I want my sight. And it's very important here that we see, friends, that how that Bartimaeus is teaching us so many lessons. Just as he took off his garment, just as he attended to the situation so that there would be nothing that would hinder him from getting to Christ. And if we really want to live a life that is meaningful, we need to get rid of anything that might hinder us from being an effective Christian, for being a good soldier of the cross, of being faithful in his vineyard and faithful in his work. And so in humble trust, Bartimaeus asks not for wealth, he doesn't ask for power or success, but only for sight. He asks not to be superhuman, but simply human. For the well, normally, may seem the bare minimum. But the, for the person who is ill, who is troubled, normally is God's greatest gift. So you can contrast these two. You can look at James and John. They wanted honor and glory. Poor blind Bartimaeus just wants to be normal. He has been suffering all of his life. And now, Relief is here. Then look at verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Friend, as I think about the many years I have been in the ministry, one of the biggest things that I see and it's so heartbreaking I baptized hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and they are so happy. They're so elated because they have somewhat of a good understanding of what they have done in obeying the scheme of redemption. But then there is a thing that bothers me so badly. As the years go by, seemingly they lose that love and that happiness, that elatedness they had when they committed their lives to Christ. And when we read the book of Revelation, we know that John was writing to the seven churches of Asia and to the one church he wrote, and he said, I am somewhat against thee because you have lost your first love. Let me ask you with the utmost of love is uh, the question, how much do you love the Lord? Think back when you became his child. Think back when you said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, my hope, my hope of eternal life. Do you still have that great love? I hope and pray it's a growing love. Because what we notice with Bartimaeus, it says that after he received his sight, he followed Jesus on the road. Uh, there are many hymns. I love the beautiful hymns of the church. And uh, and by Jesus, we receive our sight. If we walk with him, we can see things that we will never see if we don't walk with him. He is so wonderful. He is so powerful. And he can bless your life beyond comprehension. Again, it was the same as the woman with the issue of blood. It was faith made well. Here again is the Greek word sozo, which can easily be translated as it is in other places as saved. Bartimaeus' faith had saved him. But Jesus did far more than open up the physical eyes of Bartimaeus. He opened up the eyes of his spirit. You see, friends, not only do we need 
the great salvation of Christ. And Jesus prays in the Gospel of Luke that uh, he prays for the salvation of the world. And we need that. That's our hope in this mess. If people were just his children and sought to obey him, and think about the very things that we're reading here. Jesus is saying, what do you want me to do for you, you who are listening, and myself? What, what, what do you want me to do for you? And he is asking that right this very moment. The Bible tells us immediately he received his sight. He saw Jesus. He followed Jesus. Not only did he follow Jesus he followed on the road. In the Greek, we could easily say in the way, which in Greek is the word used for discipleship. Bartimaeus followed Christ in the way. And that way, the road Jesus was traveling was uphill. We know when we study the particular situation in Jericho and Jerusalem and all, Jericho lies about 850 feet below sea level. And Jerusalem is about 2,500 feet above sea level. That's 15-mile road from Jerusalem, I beg your pardon, from Jericho to Jerusalem. It is 3,350-foot climb. You see, to follow Jesus is an uphill climb. Uh, To follow him and seek to go and be what he wants us to be. To follow Jesus is... It can be very, very trying, but the results are tremendous. Bartimaeus followed Jesus up that road, but Mark's descriptions, he became a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Bartimaeus, when we read this account, he was sitting by the road begging when you read the beginning. He was only by the way because he was blind. He only heard the world pass by, and he lived from the crumbs that fell from the table. How many of us just sit by the way watching? A saving faith gets us in the game. The Bible says faith without works is dead. We need to get off of the bench. We need to get off the sidelines. And we need to get into walking with Christ. And so I ask you this morning uh, to realize that faith that does not move you into being a disciple that does not lead you into following Jesus is no real faith at all. Many become healed spiritually. Many become blessed immeasurably by Christ. And it breaks my heart to see how that their great their faith should be a growing faith and not a dwindling faith because you'll never, never, never have a greater friend than Jesus Christ. My friends, what is holding you back this morning? What is holding you back from following Christ? If Jesus were to ask you, what could he do for you? What would you ask? But friends, I also would say here, as we come to the close of the message, I submit to you that we need to ask Jesus, seek his face and ask him what he wants us to do for him. And friends, I submit to you that if you show that desire, He will put people in your path. He will put people in your path to help you to see where Jesus says, I am the way. I am the life. I am the way. And I pray, friend, that you know him. I pray that you know him and that you are walking with him. What do you want me to do for you? He's asking every one of you 
from the glories of heaven. What is it you want me to do for you? He says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. And knock and it shall be opened to you. Our Father, we thank you for this beautiful Lord's Day. And Lord, we know we are troubled. Just as Bartimaeus was, he couldn't see. And so many today who can see physically, but they cannot see because they have not sought out the Lord and they have not sought to know him and how sad that is. And Lord, we just pray that we who call ourselves Christians, that we will be light in this world of darkness, that we will be help in this time of discouragement, that you will guide all of us, that we can make this world a better place by you guiding us and using us. Bless all who have shared this broadcast. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.